and they can unmute themselves. Well, good morning, good morning, good morning, everyone. This is Pastor Leslie Sharon Hayes is here this morning to greet all of you in the awesome, incredible, amazing name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ as we gather together this morning on the Creating a Prayer Culture for God prayer line this morning to learn more about the revelations of our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. We've had such an incredible, impactful, and a positive way enriching and enlightening manner from this weekend is a lot to be thankful for and we celebrate it continuously amen success in our family amen and so god we just give you praise going on this morning i have your way on this line this morning in jesus name as we open up your word to learn the revelations of who you are things that were written for our learning and even now we know god that we have eternal life through jesus christ lord god and help us today to be doers of what we're about to learn and not just uh, hear us on it is our prayer today in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Welcome all of you this morning. Amen. Again, this is Pastor Dustin Sharon Hayes here on this Monday morning, May the 9th. Amen. Praise the Lord. There's a lot of things going to be going on today on foreign soil. Uh, this is supposed to be some big historical day of some atrocities that took place over 20-something years ago over in Russia. Amen. And we know Mr. Putin today is going to be making some war declaration. Uh, they're already killing innocent people, but they want to make it efficient, try to make a political speech out of it, campaign out of it, the day to make it official. So they're saying all uh, the intelligence uh, uh, declaration of war against Ukraine uh, uh, labeled them as a Nazi nation. Amen. But they have a right to exist like anyone else and so we're not going to be celebrating that but we're going to counter that amen that in the name of jesus while they're celebrating making declarations of wars that god has given mr president Zelensky and his folks a strategy of how to bring this war to an end amen and so we give god praise for that amen that two-edged sword is going to cut them off you know, the Bible says, fret not thyself because of evildoers, but they shall soon be cut off. Soon. We know yeah. God's got the sword in his hand, that swift sword to cut <coughs> them off. Amen. They're celebrating for the wrong reason, abusing their power and position. But we thank God for Mr. Zelensky and his leaders who are now still trying to figure out what to do to get uh, innocent people out of harm's way and to continue to take a stand and fight those Russians on every turn, fighting for their sovereignty. There's so much at stake for them, and they know, man, it's all in. It's no holding back. It's no going back. It's no, it's no repeating what happened before where they threw in their weapons and gave up, and here we are today. And so we appreciate the fact that such leadership is coming forth out of a people who, when you look at it physically, you think that it's over. But when you look at it spiritually, you know that the Lord is on their side. And so we give God praise because they're willing to acknowledge God. They don't have to fake God. They know God. They fight. They live like they know God. And they fight wars like they know God. There is no difference, you know. But you can distinguish between who's really got the favor of God on them and who's not. And don't get caught up and blinded by the, the, the innocent deaths and all of that. God knows this better than we do. <clears throat> and I believe because they died physically but they suffered spiritually that they're with the Lord every one of those souls that have died because that's what he promises if you suffer for me for my name say you shall reign with me and so he determines the final fate of those souls that died how they died you know may seem to us to be at the hand of man and that may be true but 
this only God can kill the body and the soul. Oh. And so absent from the body, present with the Lord is what I choose to believe this morning. All right then, so we're going to go ahead this morning and get into the lesson this morning. Pick up from last Tuesday when I taught. And uh, this morning, uh, we're going to be um, taking a look again at scriptures in the book of 1 John. Amen. Chapter 3, as we're preparing to finish up this chapter, it's chapter 3, uh, verse 23. It's only two more verses here, verse 23 and verse 24. Amen. And we're probably going to finish uh, this chapter up this week and move on to chapter 4. I'm excited about where we're going. Amen. And to God be the glory for the things that he has done. And the things that he's going to do And the things that he promised to do Amen So again this is Monday morning Creating prayer culture for God We're going to be taking a look at The first book of John chapter, uh, 1 John uh, chapter 3 Verses 23 this morning And try to finish this up And again this, this particular verse Deals with the testing Test number 4 Clean heart we, We've heard that a lot That should be embedded in us Ingrained in us And our thinking right now And in our actions as well Amen and the scripture reads in the verse 23 it says and this is his commandment so this is really a commandment here uh, and it says it's his commandment it ain't ours it's his we just agree with it and uh, it says that we should now I love that that we should you know not saying uh, maybe might be no it says that we should believe on the name of his son Jesus Christ no other name by which we can be saved we know this <coughs> will eliminate, cancel out, and rule out any other name, even though man seems to think that there are other ways to get to the Father, and they all lead to the way of destruction, according to the book of Proverbs, chapter uh, uh, 12 and 14. And so it says here, you know, that we must believe on the name of the Son, of His Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another. In that order, you can't put the cart before the horse. So you got to, uh, uh, you know, believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. God so loved the world that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. It's so clear according to what uh, he said to, Nicod uh, to uh, Nicodemus in the book of uh, John, the third chapter, verse 16. Uh, and then he goes on to say, you know, that, you know, uh, uh, love one another as he gave us commandments. So if you do it the way the scripture says, mm -hmm. and this is how we're proving it by what's written, not just what I say or think. So, you know, some people will tell you in a minute, well, you know, I love you instead of just telling you I love you. You know, they like to dress it up a little bit and put conditions on it. They don't want to sound weak and, you know, and then disconcerning. <coughs> so they'll say, well, now you, now you ought to know by now I love you. Well, say it. You know, and you know, be be clear about it, so they will know. Let it be fresh all the time, you know. And it says here, a clean heart is produced obeying the supreme commandments of God. In other words, His words and instructions and commands go above anybody else's, to include our very own. By believing in God's Son, that's where it starts. Jesus Christ, that's His Son, by loving one another in that order. Believing equals loving. Him and others, Amen. And so that's just so powerful. And all that's saying is that you know that's that's faith that work by love. That's all that's saying. That's that's how faith by love works. Okay. And in every situation, this is what's prescribed for us that we we treat it by faith. We do it by faith because no man has seen God and live. We ain't gonna see God and live right now. It's, he's too holy right now. He's too righteous right now. But we look in the scriptures and we can see 
his characteristics, we can see his attributes, and get a very good picture of what he must have looked like spiritually. And that should be it right there. He walked on this earth as a man. I'm not going to say he was white, he was black, he was there. Now I'll leave that up to crazy people. Bible said there's no beauty that we should desire of him. I'm not seeing no white God with long hair and with a beard. I'm not seeing no black God. He might have been Caucasian. That don't mean nothing to me. The fact of the matter is he was the son of God. He's still the son of God. When he returns, the Bible says it does not yet appear what we shall be, but it did promise us that we will see him the way that he is because we will be like him in our transformed bodies, in our resurrected bodies, out of this physical body into our spiritual bodies. Okay, and that's how we're going to see him. Amen. And so it goes on to talk about that faith being prescribed. Amen. Uh, This is this is a continuation, by the way, of, you know, what we've already gone over. Amen. Uh, When we talk about, you know, faith being uh, described here. Uh, we went over some scriptures that kind of laid that out for us. So this is a teaching is a kind of a continuation from Tuesday morning on the revelation of Jesus Christ. And one of the last scriptures that we went over is out of the book of James, chapter 1, verse 5 and 6 of the King James Bible, where it says, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask God that give it to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him, but let him ask in faith. Okay, believing that you're going to receive what you ask for because you're asking. You know, we have not because we ask not, according to the book of Matthew, chapter 7, starting at verse 1. It says, nothing wavering. Don't be hesitating. Ask God. Let God decide if he's going to do it if he's not. He's God. You know, and I would tell, tell you this. He already know what we have need of before we ask. And he's only going to respond to us based on what we need more than what we want. You know, his way of doing it, seeking his way of doing it first. That's most important. That's the supreme part of the commandments. When God speaks it, man, it rises above every other discussion. And that's what we should want. Those things that God that's needful for us, that he wants to provide for us. You know, he will supply everything we need, all that we need, according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. A lot of times, you know, that ain't all we want. We want more than that. And until we do something with, by faith, what he's already done, he's doing and promised to do, settle that, you know, don't be going around thinking, uh, I'll believe it if I see it. You know, how you know that's God? Well, that ain't my problem. Ain't no doubt and unbelief up in here. And I do pray that God help our doubt and unbelief if there's some out there. And it is. is. I just pray, I hope it doesn't resonate in our hearts. Amen. And so he goes on to say there, you know, that if we like to ask God for it, we should start with wisdom. Wisdom is basically the, the, the layout for life. It covers every aspect of our life. So that's why we need it. It's good for doctrine. It's good for reproof, you know, correction, instruction, and righteousness. That the men and women of God will be thoroughly furnished and prepared unto every good work, which we gotta, we're going to take with us. That's the only thing we'll take out of here with us. Good work right now, if you're not saved, ain't good work. It's just something you do to try to be saved. But if you're saving, you're doing good work, then that counts. You're going to take that with you. You know, be able to get some extra jewels in your crown. Amen. Some diamonds in there. Amen. You're going to be looking good in heaven, you know, and not tossed to and fro driven. It says, for, for he that wavereth is like a wave on the sea driven with the wind of doctrine. You know, and tough, that's, that's what basically what he's saying there. You know, everything appeals to you. You know, don't discern nothing. 
you know, just everything. Well, the bishop said it, or the prophetess said it, or the prophet said it. They had, you know, it must have been authentic because they are men and women of God. You know, you don't know who put them in that position to say that. Just because they say it, it's got to be backed up by what's documented in the word to be authentic. Amen. Prove it by the word. And so we again see in the book of First John chapter 3, verse 23 of the King James Bible, and this is his commandment that we should believe on the name of the Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he has loved us. So we're going to look at the precept B of this particular verse, and it talks about, now we're shifting from faith being prescribed by God in order to please him and by the word, and B says, commands, meaning of Jesus Christ. We just got through talking about his commandments. Okay, these are also commands of Jesus Christ because the Father don't give you a command and the Son change it and the Holy Spirit change it. No. Whatever commandment come down from the Father, this is what Jesus continues to teach today through the Holy Spirit because that's what he taught when he was physically on the earth. He said, you know, hey, hey, this, this is not me. The words I'm speaking, they are my Father's. They are supreme. They're higher than what you think right now. This didn't come from the Sanhedrin Council. This didn't come from the, from Moses. This didn't come from Abraham. This didn't come from any of the prophets. This came from me by way of the Father. You know, now if any man out there is giving you a different doctrine than this, he's a false prophet, she's a false prophetess, whoever it is, it doesn't matter. You know, Jesus said, I come with my Father's word. And anyone who came before me, if they did not come with my Father's word, if they did not come and give you prophetic scripture that is documented and, and has come to pass and is coming to pass and will come to pass, then you can call them a false prophet and they've already gone out with their false doctrine. But you have to be able to discern about it. So there are commands that, you know, it's obvious that it's from God. Some people, you just can't make this stuff up, even though there are men and women who try. It's called the tradition of men. They're trying to make the glorious gospel of no effect. In other words, their gospel is of no effect unless you believe it. See, if you believe it, now you're snared. You know, you're trapped in it. The best thing to do is if it's false, is don't believe it. You know, keep my mind pure from that. Let my mind be stayed on the Lord. Let the mind of Christ Jesus be also in me. Let it rule in me. Let the word of God be hidden in my heart that I don't have a desire to be to give in the temptation. You know, and he goes on to say, just talk about this command of Jesus Christ. Uh, and I want to emphasize command. That means, you know, you don't have a choice about this. It's come his highest supreme command of God. It comes from the highest source of knowledge. Amen. And, and, and it has informative power, creative power and ability in it. It's a living word. It's quick, it's sharp, it's powerful than any two-edged sword. It does cut asunder between the body and soul and spirit. It's an impenetrable rock. You know, and that word will go in and cut both ways. And it discerns the thoughts and intents of the heart of a man. So if you stick with the word, you'd expose a whole lot of stuff that's out there. Because light and darkness cannot walk together except it agree. And so he says this right here um, as Jesus was finishing up his earthly mission. Over in the book of Matthew, chapter 28, uh, verses 20, the King James Bible. He says, teaching them. Now, this is the command from Jesus Christ. 
teaching them. So we're going to go out as leaders or ambassadors, representatives. He gives us the script for our teaching. He gives us the MOI, method of instruction. He lays it all out to us. And our job is not to add to it, stretch it out of of content, to try to make a point. Because the power is still in what he said, not in what we say, but in what he says. We're just saying it now because that's been our task. That's our calling. Spread the good news of the gospel. But there's another level to it. Okay, if you do it his way, he constitutes it as teaching. He says teaching them. Now, there is the command right there. Teaching them, talking about whoever is out there. Remember, whosoever will, let them come. Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. Now, there it is right there. All that other stuff we teach people, say to people, it ain't in line with the supreme commands. It's just what we think. You know, we try to use it to impress people, you know, to to, to solidify how blessed we are. You know, people will know based on your conversation of how you got blessed, whether you blessed or not. See, when you start talking about Jesus right off the bat, they might not want to hear it. They may stop their ears. They may want to walk away from you, thinking you're too, too religious, as they say too spiritual, too deep for me, too much over my head. No, it's just you have the light of the gospel in you, and it shines. You can't deny that power. You know, a lot of folks have a form of guidance, but they didn't have the power. We have a form of guidance because we've been transformed into this form, but we also have the power of God because great is he that's in us than he that's in the world. So we are twofer. We're twofold, you know. And so all those above, you know, all those things are are potentially available to us. And it's only to be used for self-edification and edification of the body of Christ, teaching transgressors God's way, saving the lost, you know, helping the backsliders understand they can come back, helping the prodigal sons, energizing them and sons and daughters to turn back toward their first love. (coughs) So it's all about putting us in a position to demonstrate the love of our Father, and at the same time, to show love to others. Now listen at this. As God has commanded us, this ain't just something, you know, you, you, you're casual about it. But it says, as God has commanded us, and we're supposed that we belong to him, keep his commandments. And do those things that are pleasing in his sight. Amen. And so he says, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And when you talk about observe, it means that in light of the gospel, you're watching every bit of life around you. You're watching dead life. You're watching living life. You're watching You're watching everything that's around you. It's just sort of like Ezekiel when he got the vision of us. Ezekiel, what, what do you see there in the valley? Talking about the world. He says, I see dry bones. See, that's the kind of thing I'm talking about there. That's the kind of thing he's talking about. You know, you got to observe their dry bones out there. Now, we're talking about spiritually, spiritual death is on the planet, y'all. There are some folks, men and women, boys, they're spiritually dead. And the reason they are because they dibbled and dabbled too long with sin or in sin or let sin, you know, rule in their life. And we know that once sin is conceived, it brings death. And if they stay in it, the ways of sin is going to be death now and it's going to be death later. You know, the gift of God is eternal life. See, everything God gives you is spirit and life. It's going to live. It's going to bring death. It's going to bring life to the spiritually dead. 
And for those who just want to be that way, it'll bring death and destruction, you know, because God is a jealous God. So, you know, this is what he's telling us to teach people to observe how they live their life in light of eternity, because it could be just like that. And he says, I have commanded you, okay? He says, as I have commanded you, you know, teach him to observe that. And lo, I am with you always, even though it doesn't appear that he's there, he's there. Even though it don't appear that he's blessing you, he's blessing you. Because <coughs> if he's there, he's not there to torment you. That's when the wicked are in charge. You know, when the righteous are in charge, the people are happy, they're prosperous. Life is fulfilled. It takes on another meaning. You know, they're no longer spiritually dead. They're no longer in love with the world. The lust of the eye, pride, the life and lust of the flesh. They want to live and not die. They want to see Jesus. And so that's the transition when you teach them to observe whatsoever he have commanded. And lo, know that God is with us always, even until the end of the world. Amen. This age will pass. You know, but the world, the world, and when you see that word world there, he's talking about the age we're living in. You know, there there have been generations before us. There's going to be generations after us. But we need to focus on this now generation that we're living in. That's where our struggles are going to be. That's where the fulfillment of things God promised is going to take place for us on our watch in this generation. He said, we're going to we're going to be the generation that's going to see where that fig leaf generation you know, where we either bearing fruit or we're not bearing fruit. And our fate and destiny is going to be determined by that fruit we bear. That's how we're going to be known. You know, he said a good tree don't bear bad fruit, bad fruit don't a bad tree don't bear bad fruit. He'll be known by that, you know. And is it based on the commandments of God? You know, that's the key right there. Does it prove repentance? Does it prove that we've been with the Lord? Does it prove that I'm speaking with the tongue of the learned? You know, what comes out of my mouth, you don't have to tell me. You don't have to, you don't have to even affirm me, you know. You just have to do it, and people will know. Let your, the Bible says, let your light so shine as a city that sit on a hill where you cannot be hid. But you are letting your light so shine. We are, we are letting our light so shine that many women will see our good works, and they too will glorify our Father which is in heaven. That's, don't, that's, that's it right there, you know. Not for me, you know. But he says, even unto the end of the world. And world, there's actually talking about the age that we're living in right now, the current generation right now. Okay, you can look that word up and see. But that's what it's talking about. Because the world will never end. Now, the world, the way it's operating right now, as we see it, that portion will end. Because God's going to come in and do a new heaven, a new earth. And he's going to make all things new. That's why he's saving people now. You know, any man be in Christ Jesus, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. Why do you think God want to make all things new? Because he ain't satisfied with the way the earth is right now either. Even though he made it, may have repented him that he made it, because put man in there in a few days, and man full of evil going crazy like he don't know who he is. Like he don't forgot who his creator is. And there's some people today on this earth that are in the same boat. So they want to go about creating their own. But the Bible says way back in the book of Matthew, chapter 7, it says, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees because they go about trying to establish their own righteousness. And if you mess around and taste it, it will leaven it your whole lump. Your whole life will be messed up and jacked up. We're trying to build away from that. We're trying to build a better future, one of quality, you know, quality life. You know, righteous living leads to that better quality of life where we can build the future 
of optimal overall wellness for us and for our seed and our seed seed. We'll see it taking place. I encourage anyone else to try it. You might like it, you know, because we don't know when the world is going to end. We don't know when the, the age we're living in is going to come to an end. All of a sudden we'll be in transition. But we got to treat it like this every day. Living our life in light of eternity because what is our life but like a vapor? Here today and poof, James are gone tomorrow. Then the judgment. And so now is the time to get it right with God. You know, come out of being dry bones and be some bones that can live and come together and live for Christ. You know, and follow and obey these supreme commands that he's given us to love him and to love the brethren. And then in the book of uh, Mark, chapter 3, verse 5 of the King James Bible, Mark says this. And when he had looked around about on them with anger, being grieved for the hardness of their hearts, he saith unto them or unto man, stretch forth thine hand. And he stretched it out and his hand was restored whole as the other hand, no difference in them, other than they were the right hand, left hand. But again, as Jesus is going about teaching in the synagogue, doing his Father's will, you have to remember where he came from. He came down from heaven with commandments from the Father to be taught to the people that were going to follow him, even to be sanctified by that word, because those commandments were true. You know, he even prayed that in his prayer in the book of John, chapter 17, verse 17, the King James Bible. But notice what takes place here. Even Jesus knowing what his mission was. Remember the commission, teaching, go. Jesus followed that example for us to follow the way he did it, the way we should do it. With all the temptations thrown at us. And, you know, life is going to be like a wilderness. The world is like a wilderness right now. Everywhere, there's no place, you know. Right now, that's 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 uh, doing good and doing worthwhile things because they're trying to do it without Jesus. There may be little pockets here, pockets there, but on the bigger scale, it's not really happening the way it should be. But it's going to end up the way it ought to be. Might lose a whole lot of innocent people along the way who are stubborn and stiff and they're hard-hearted, and they're just gonna they're gonna do what they want to do, you know. And, and when sin conceives, it brings death. And then if you die in sin, you know, well, oh, well, we, we tried to warn you, praise God. I pray the other would do the same. But he says right here, you know, stretch forth your hand. Even in the midst of what Jesus is doing, he knows the culture. He knows the mindset. He knows the thoughts of far of those he's dealing with. And he's very aware, even though he's going about in the commission that God commissioned him. He's teaching in the synagogue, but he's also doing his, his side job, too. Or his, uh, another one of his great uh, attributes He's healing the sick He's healing those who are infirmed He's setting the captives free You know So Jesus is so observant The Bible says he's all knowing All seeing and he's all powerful And he's all benevolent Nothing get by Jesus He still can work and do what God commissioned him to do And sent him to do and teach But at the same time He can be touched by the infirmity of people And heal them on the spot like that And tell them do you believe I can do this and if they say no, he ain't going to waste no pearls on those swine. If, he, if they say no, he ain't forcing nothing on them. He's going to keep it moving. But if they say yes, he's going to say, be made whole, go and sin no more. Take up your pallet, take up your bed, roll it up. Go and sin no more. Obviously, he's telling you, man, you got a problem with sin that leads to death and destruction. 
There's that way in the man. You think you can sin and get away with it, and you're only going to bring a woman caught in adultery and not bring the fellow who was in adultery with her? What kind of law is that? That's what I came to fulfill? No wonder you got problems, you know. And so, uh, you know, Jesus, man, you know, he, he told him to stretch his hand out, even to show him a miracle. And he stretched it out. Now, he didn't have to, but because he believed that Jesus could do it, he stretched it out. That's faith in action right there, y'all. That's faith working. And his hand was restored whole, not partially, not one finger, but the whole hand as the other one was. You know, I can just see the person reacting, looking at his hand, putting it aside the other one, and a lot of folks looking at it too over each other's shoulder and being inspired by that. So more people are not going to follow Jesus as a result of that. When God does acts of kindness and love, it's to get people to follow him, y'all. Not to get me and you more armor bears or more people to go get my clothes out of clean and wash my car and all that stuff, cut the church, y'all. That's, that's, that's just part of the good work that should happen after we get people saved, you know. Build them up to be bigger believers in the church, not the bigger, bigger building, you know. But, you know, he's saying, hey, look, whatever I need to do, if your culture requires sign, I give you a sign. If it don't, more blessed are you then because you serve me without a sign, you know. And so it's real simple if you cut it straight. Then he goes on to say in the book of Luke, chapter 22, verse 19 in the King James Bible, and he took bread and gave thanks and break it and gave unto them, saying, this is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. Don't do this in remembrance of your apostle, your favorite bishop, brother, talk show host, Steve Harvey, whoever, whoever you, you, you he, 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 Steve Harvey out there doing judge shows now and prophesying to people now, quoting the Bible every now and then. They got people freaking out, you know. But Jesus it says, and none of these clowns, man, can break, can take bread and give thanks and break it and give unto people saying this is my body which is given for you do this in remembrance of me you start talking about breaking some bishop around an apostle body like Jesus man that for the people man I'm, them, them, let me say the Bible says it like this if it's in Harlem only when the wolf come to attack the sheep the only person that's going to run away in fear is the Harlem that's what the words say. And they ain't going to scatter the sheep because the wolf is going to get in there and scatter every, have them everywhere. You know, and so for a season, they look like, you know, wolf in sheep clothes until that real, real wolf come. They ain't laying down no life for no sheep. At least, at least I haven't heard or read or seen where it was documented any of them did that. But they left with money in hand, you know, in tow. And left the sheep alone. It was dangerous to be up in there. You know, dangerous? Why? If God is there, what's the danger? And so he says there, you know, Luke says there, you know, this this doing remembrance of me. So it's very clear the things that we do, who is to be remembered for them. I might not ever get remembered. I thank God for this T-shirt that my, my sister-in-law made up for me. It just attracted so much attention this weekend. I thought it may have been me. I thought I was the handsome one, but they love the shirt, man. They were talking about the T-shirt. I said, my God, I'm a preacher. Love to preach the word, full of the word, man. And the T-shirt got a stronger message than the man in the shirt. Ain't that something? I'd rather be celebrated than tolerated. You know, lady honed in on that. She wasn't by herself. 
Then we put on some other shirts from graduation, went out, and people thought we were college graduates. You know? You know, and, and when we highlighted who was the graduate, the lady said, I'm going to go lay on, my, lay on your couch and you can diagnose me, Mr. Psychologist. I'm like, wow, man, you know, that message, boy, everything we do personifies, should personify who Christ is, you know. And it ain't just about what we wear, it's just who we are wearing it. Sometimes people think it's about the design of the shirt. No, it's the message that resonates from your thoughts onto that shirt. Uh, that saying, they said, I say it all the time. I didn't think of it that way, but I do, and I thought about it. The lady said, no, nah, she gonna be doing that. She gonna be saying that. Okay, you should rather be celebrated than tolerated. You should rather be blessed than judged. You should choose eternity with Christ instead of damnation into hell. It's real simple for us, for me, you know. And we teach others this, that's what Jesus told us to go do, so they can observe these things too. You know, this do in remembrance of me. That's the key right there. Whatever we do, hands find to do, according to the book of Colossians, third chapter, verse 17 through 19, do it all in the name of the Lord for his glory. Just that simple. Uh, in the book of John, chapter 12, amen, yeah, chapter 12, verse uh, 24, King James Bible. And now this is Simon talking, so here's another, here's another spin on God's commandments that are supreme. Let's see how it affected Peter. John writes here about Peter. He says, And Simon Peter therefore beckoned to him that he should ask who it should be of whom he spake. See, that's, that's kind of like that attitude of people saying, I will believe it when I see it. See, they're looking for some signs here. They want to see it operating in somebody else's life before they fully give in to let it operate in their life. It's always looking for how the gospel is going to affect somebody else instead of allowing it to build me up and perfect me for the work of ministry first so I can go out and do it back book, with, with the book of Matthew under the Great Commission, chapter 28, verse 20, King James Bible said do. You know, but if I don't know what the commandments are, how can I do them? And Jesus said, how can you say you love me and don't keep my commandments and do what I say do? It's just that simple, you know. So Simon Peter here, therefore, beckoning to him that he should ask who it should be of whom he spake. It's everybody. His message is a universal message. His gospel is universal. No respect to person, you know. You just follow him to the best of your ability. Don't worry about who else following him. It'd be nice if everybody in the household did, but you keep declaring, as for me and my household, we're going to serve the Lord until they do. That's faith in God. Just keep doing it until they do. Let God give the increase. We plant some water, but they're one and the same, but God give the increase, you know? And so Peter, you know, uh, in the book of John chapter 14, verse 15, the King James Bible, he says this, if ye, okay, if ye love me, keep my commandments. There's nothing complicated about that statement. The complicated part is what we do with that statement. That's the complicated part. See, it's the doing. It ain't the saying. We can repeat it all day long. We know what it says. It's real short, easy to remember. That should be a scripture put to memory. You know, if you love me, keep my commandments. It's embedded. The problem is actually doing it. The obedience part is where we struggle. If not, we will. 
Um, and also in verse 21 of the book of John, chapter 14, chapter King James Bible. Again, the book of John, chapter 14, verse 21 of the King James Bible says this. He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my father and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. I'm going to reveal myself to him. I don't need you to prove who I am. You let me do that. You just keep my commandments and teach others to observe and keep them too. And tell them why. You know. Because we love God. I don't need no other reason than that. And if you do, why not do what he say? I say do. I'm your father. I'm your heavenly father. I'm your Abba father. I'm your personal father. I'm, I'm a father to the fathers. I'm a mother to the mothers. I'm a brother that's, I'm a, I'm a friend that stick closer than a brother. I'm all those things you need me to be. You know, but if you love me, then you'll keep my commandments, you know, and I'll manifest myself unto you. I'll come and prove to you who I am. You don't have to take nobody else's word. You know, stop going around trying to prove who God is to people. He asked Peter, Peter, who do men say that I am? Peter tried to tell him. Then he said, well, Peter, who do you say that I am? That's what comes down with what it comes down to. If it don't boil down to that, we've already missed the mark. So let's go a little further here. We're going to get ready to close here. Uh, let's see right here. He says in the book of John, chapter 15, verse 10. Amen. He says this. If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. These ain't telling us to do something that he didn't do or wasn't willing to do. And he did it better than anybody. He treated those commandments like they were supreme commandments, that they were higher than any other commandment. Notice what he said. If ye keep my commandments, number one, ye shall abide in my love and even as I have kept my father's commandments, proving to my father that I'm abiding in his love and abide in his love. He says it right there. It's all about that love, abiding in it. And the best test and proof of that is keeping that clean heart, those clean hands, that pure heart. And, you know, keeping God's commandments and obeying them, period. You know, that's why Peter said obedience is better than sacrifice. He didn't say that at the beginning. He had to learn that. He had experienced some of the consequences of the opposite of that. And he liked it better, you know, obeying God. Yes. You know, even though they were telling him not to speak in their name, Peter said, y'all don't understand, it's better for me to obey God than to obey man. Oh. You know, just that simple. He had, he, had grew, he had matured and learned some things. In the same book of John, chapter 15, verse 14, the King James Bible says, Ye are my friends, if ye do whatsoever I command you. Don't get any better. Don't be running around telling me I'm a friend of Jesus and don't do nothing he say do. That's hypocrisy. Saying one thing but doing something else. That's blind leading the blind. That's that other way in the man that seems right. You know, do everything but be a child of God and then talk about you love God, he your friend. Me and God got it like that. Y'all know the deal. Okay, one more verse here and then we're going to end for the day. Uh, it says, um, And he commanded us to preach unto the people. And to testify that it is he which was ordained of God to be the judge of the quick and the dead. That's in the book of Acts chapter 10, verses 42 of the King James Bible. Now, this is Paul, you know, saying, you know, and just what the commission commanded us to do. If we just do that, amen, 
you'll see some things happening in the ranks of the quick and the dead. Remember, there's a lot of spiritually dead folks out here in the valley of the shadow of death that we walk through. But the idea is, can these bones live? Can these spiritually dead folk be brought to life? Well, that's what the preaching of the gospel is about, the teaching of the gospel is about. If you teach them to observe it, it'll bring life. If they don't, it'll bring death. It's a two-edged sword. So we're going to end right there this morning, amen, and open up for our comments. Again, that's the last verse that we went over was in the book of Acts chapter 10, verse 42 of the King James Bible. And we'll pick up our teaching again on Thursday morning. But uh, that's that will conclude the teaching this morning, talking about the commandments of Jesus Christ, commandments of our Father, commandments of their spirit. Amen. All of them give the same commandments. They don't change and play mind games with the commandments. So, Father, we thank you this morning. We praise you this morning for your holy word. We thank you that it is going out and will not return void. We thank you for how you're speaking to us this morning about the commands meant of God that are supreme and higher than any other order or level of commandment. And they are to be adhered to. They are to be observed. They are to be, Lord God, obeyed to the max. Father God, without any compromise. So as we continue as your as your pastors and your teachers to teach people, Lord God, your ways, oh Lord God, we thank you, Father, for us being able to fulfill the commission that you gave us to go into all the world and teach them, Lord God, how to observe these things, oh Lord God, the importance of observing them and keeping them. There are higher commands than any commands, Lord God. And so, Father, we want to be able to reach that ultimate goal is to spend eternity with you. But we know that these are the building blocks and the stepping stones. So help us now to walk in the counsel of your word. We give you praise, glory, and honor for it in Jesus' name. Let the words of our mouth and the meditation of our heart be accepted in your sight. O oh Lord, our firm and penalty rock and our redeemer is our prayer this morning. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen and amen. All right, that concludes the lesson this morning. We'll shift right into our comments time with Pastor Sharon, followed by Pastor Aaron, Pastor Phoebe, Pastor Sharon. Just want to thank the Lord for the word this morning, the teaching.